story. I was recording. No. <laughs> Welcome back to season two of Pilot Boys, the last 50 episodes of the series. Wait, so it's ending after 50 episodes? Yeah, we, don't, we only plan to do 100 episodes. <clears throat> this is the return of Pilot Boys. What after, if it gets renewed for a third season? After a month-long hiatus, I... uh. I don't even know what to talk about anymore. Why are I feel you? like I haven't podcasted. I feel like I haven't potted in a while, so <laughs> I got to get back into the the swing of things. Today we are going to do. I feel like my voice is really like vocal fry. Yeah, you, <clears throat> you just sound a little. I feel like I yeah. I feel like I need a. I lost my my voice. It's like a. I think it's how you're sitting. You're, you gotta use your diaphragm. Is that a thing? Are you supposed to sit in a certain way? I mean, like, if you are a vocal coach, I think they tell you. Like, posture plays an important role. Your core. You have to engage your core. That's a thing? It's a thing. Interesting. And who are you? Fucking Simon Cow or what? <laughs> so today we're doing The Righteous Gemstones, the HBO comedy that satires or parodies uh, mega churches like Joel Austin who are, were there others fucking Justin Bieber's hip pastor or whatever is that different you know way more about this than i do yeah and it's this is created by Danny McBride Jody Hill is also involved who they work together on uh, vice principals eastbound, eastbound and, down. and down like it's that kind of comedy comedy team so what did you think of the first episode? How did you feel about it? I really enjoyed the first episode. It was a lot of fun. So what did you like about the first episode? What made it fun for you? I liked all the little details. I don't know. They're just like, there's a lot to mine for humor in this like scenario, mm. you know? Yeah. Because like, I mean, just, it is it is kind of hilarious. It's just a, the situation is ridiculous in real life yes absolutely. so the fact that it's now a tv show is even funnier yeah especially because like we all i think part of like the power of the show for me or like just as the first impression is that we all hate these people and it's so great to like laugh at them and i think i kind of think that mcbride and jody hill have kind of positioned themselves in a way where they are perfect for this for some reason, I don't know, because it's like it's there's like a crime kind of narrative going on in the background of this of this first episode. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Thirty Minutes or Less, where he's kind of involved with that. Like something about like crime humor kind of made it perfect for me. Like it was like a perfect fit. But yeah, I really enjoyed uh, like so much of it. I thought the casting was great. Like they all kind of played really well together. I love John Goodman. Yeah, John. Go- I mean, John Goodman is kind of like the dramatic centerpiece. Like, but he's I the love guy that tr- they did that. Exactly. Yeah. I guess my first question is, what's your exposure to these types of dudes? So I guess I'll, I'll, I'll disclose. You have way more experience than I do. Yeah, my family grew up Christian, so I have a lot of exposure 
to these sorts of individuals. So for me, it really like the the parody part or the satire part. I had a lot to draw from from my personal experience, mm-hmm. so it was kind of hilarious. Yeah. But I what's didn't. your exposure? I mean, I grew up Catholic. That's kind of it. I feel like these these kinds of mega churches are all like Christian. They're never really Catholic. I mean, we have our ultimate rock star as the, the Pope. Pope. Hell yeah. <laughs> that dude rocks out with his cock out. For real. Truly. So yeah, I, I don't have much experience with this. I barely know who Joel Austin is. Yeah. And I mean, for those who are unaware, which I don't think there are many people who are unaware, but he's the guy recently when there was that hurricane or in natural Aust- disaster in, in, Houston. In, in Houston. And he like closed the doors and he was like, fuck them kids. And and then they died and <laughs> he, he survived and got into heaven. Was it in Houston? Well, it was a hurricane and people were left homeless and they asked him to open up his stadium size church. Yeah. He was just like, fuck them kids. Exactly. That's exactly what he said. In terms of like exposure to Christianity, I mean, or not Christianity, but to the Christian religion, Christian faith, have you ever gone to a church, like a session or what, what are they called? A service. A session. <laughs> uh, I've never been to a Christian service, but I guess I've been to the Catholic ones. They're way different, though. Yeah, they're, it's yeah. it's so different. The closest I got was I went to a convention, like a public speaking convention mm-hmm. in high school. And the way they marketed it was like, this is how you speak to people. You know, like, you have to put your best foot forward. And so I went with my academic decathlon team because it's a, it's a speaker thing. And it just ended up being a bunch of, like, religious people talking about God. And it was like a, a, the Long Beach Convention Center was just full of religious people. Yeah. So that's the closest I got to it. But that's kind of it. And it wasn't really a service. It was just more like, believe in God and you'll be the best. All, all that mumbo jumbo. So, I mean, like. I grew up around these types of people. My, my parents used to like worship these dudes. Uh, I mean, well, I, mean, I guess it's a little different because I mean, we grew up, I mean, we grew up going to like Latino churches. Like my parents went to these. It wasn't a mega church, but it was a large church with like several hundred people in attendance. And my mom would watch like Joel Austin. Like she would like call me in and be like, "Hey, like, come, <laughs> yo, check out this motherfucker's bars. Like he's he just has some shit." And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. And, like, I hated him then. I was like, this guy one day, he's going to close the doors on, on people dying in Houston. I knew it. 15-year-old you, know, you I just, was I like, just fucking knew it. This guy. Okay, so one of the, my, the first themes I kind of wanted to go, or I should go into a recap. Well, so, actually, you know, now that I remember, the one thing that I do remember from, I guess, mega churches or that kind of, like, really glitzy-looking, modern-looking churches like that is just there was one, there was one that was built in Maywood and like it was like really new and like high tech and like we passed by it all the time and in in my family we we do the sign of the cross every time we pass through a church and so I was like oh this is a church I think I told you the story no like oh this is a church uh I have to do the sign of the cross and mom was like no 
this is not that kind of church. Mm. This is barely even a church. Mm. Okay. Because of that perspective from my parents, I've always kind of had a disdain for... Like a negative. Yeah. So I've always been like, yeah, that's like a cult. That's not religion. That's a cult. Yeah, for sure. So to go on to the recap of the first episode, it's... It's called The Righteous Gemstones because it follows kind of like the life of the Gemstone family who they started this mega church or John Goodman's character whose name is Eli. Eli. Eli Eli Gemstone and his wife started this Amy, this Amy church Lee. who was like very popular in like the 80s or whatever back in the day. And then now today, Eli Gemstone, which is the patriarch the of the family, he founded this mega church. And today he runs it with his two sons, Jesse and Kevin, which are Jan- Danny McBride and Adam Devine. And then there's also this daughter who's Judy Gemstone, played by Edie Patterson. And that's kind of the setting, but the inciting incident or like the main, I guess, kind of plot point is that Jesse's character gets a text of like his debauchery lifestyle. And they blackmail him saying that if he doesn't pay the amount, which is a million dollars, They're going to leak the footage, destroying the gemstone family name. The first themes that popped out to me was kind of, I I think we're kind of in a time right now where it's perfect for this kind of humor about Christianity or I think the events that we talked about, the the Houston where Joel Joel Alstein closed the doors on dying children in Houston. I think this is perfect for that. I think this is a time where it makes fun of, these sorts of people in a way that I don't know if it's been done in recent times. I can't think of anything. Have you? Yeah. I mean, like in general, like in general, can we think of things that parody religion? That's not like back in the day kind of shit. I guess dogma is what, what comes to mind for me. But that was already a long time ago. Yeah. That was a while ago now. Preacher. Kind of. I don't know. I didn't I really watch it. It's not a parody, but it's... Don't they make fun of certain aspects of religion? Yeah, for sure. But this one seems very, like, centered around religion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Whereas that one is centered around, like, this fantasy of a demon and an angel. I mean, also, I think it speaks about, like, our current social climate. Like, isn't atheism on the rise or something? Is Is that for real? I don't know. I don't know. I think no. atheists want you to believe that. <laughs> but I, I think there is kind of a, a growing disdain or like kind of a growing distaste for people. I think like it's more this. like organized, like this. Yeah, like this organized, like cult of personality. Do you think it has to do with like the rise of irony or like the rise of kind of, I don't know, like. I think that they're the people who dislike these sorts of like, you know, mega churches type people. I I don't think it was ever as popular to make fun of them. Like everyone kind of did like, or at least in my circles or like where I was growing up, we always kind of thought that they were ridiculous, but I feel like now it's, it's, it's very kind of normalized to make fun of them. Does that make sense? I wonder if it has to do with like meme culture. Or like the dis the distaste for God, or like is, has God falling out of favor? But we're also like making we're we're a much more cynical 
culture now. I mean, I guess there is a cynicism to this show. Yeah. Like I think inherent to it and I think kind of baked into the show is like these dudes are terrible people even though they pretend to be the best people. And the reason why I bring up like is does is this tied to like kind of irony like our obsession with irony or like our obsession with memes is because we love to call out when people are being fake or like be, people are being not themselves. Not to say that that hasn't always been a fascination with people, but these people specifically, the mega church types, have positioned themselves in a way where like they're almost infallible. Mm-hmm. But we know that they're not infallible. We know that they've they've done awful shit. I I think that this is this kind of speaks to that. But also like uh like John Goodman's character as far as the first episode goes, he's like a genuinely good guy. I mean like he slaps his sons, but No, he's like a he's like a raging capitalist. Well, yeah. Yes. Like that's he's like a greedy person. I think But I mean I think deep down he believes that he's a good person, you know? Mm. You don't think so? Like you're saying that they don't even know that they're being shitty? Yeah. Like Joel Austin doesn't know that he's being shitty? Yeah. Like mm. he That's I a mean, good point. I feel like he th- he really truly believes that like God had this plan for him. Yeah. You know, like God wants him to do this. Mm. And like this is all part of the plan. Yeah. You know, of spreading the word and spreading the gospel or whatever. You know, I don't think John Goodman's character thinks of himself as a bad guy. Okay. I think that's a fair point. Because, I mean, I think if you were to talk to, like, Joel, Joel, I, your, yeah, I, I agree. Man, I think that he, he'd probably just be, like... Your mom, your mom's boy. He's, yeah, he, we wouldn't really... He wouldn't think he's a bad person. But, yeah. I mean, we don't know he's a, he's a bad person, do we? We just kind of assume... I think that, that, again, I think this speaks to, like, the growing cynicism where, like, we can't accept if people are good because... We can't accept people to be too good because we just think that there's something wrong. I mean, the the Mr. Rogers thing come to, comes to mind, like the, the documentary, mm-hmm. where like no one wanted to accept him as like being this benevolent, benevolent figure because no one is that benevolent. Yeah. So I, I think that this show could be a product of like our growing cynicism slash like, you know, addiction to kind of seeing people ridiculed i think there is kind of this desire to want to see the mega church types being made fun of yeah like but also poking fun of and like analyzing like our idols Hmm. you know like i think we live in a time where a lot of our idols have fallen you know and the only, I've been I've been trying to think of like shows that deal with like either religion or deal with like a family of like a pre like a preacher family right and the only one that comes to mind is Seventh Heaven mm. and you know I've never seen it oh well Seventh Heaven you know what you know the show though, right like I I mean I know of it but explain it to the audience it's a preacher's family a preacher's family I think they have seven children mm-hmm. um and they're just like a it's like a sitcom not a sitcom. I guess a sitcom. I don't know. It's like one of those old like studio television shows. Okay. That we grew up watching in the late nineties. Okay. Jessica McBeal got her start there. 
as a teenager. But the point is that like they were like a wholesome family. Is like, her name Mick Beale? Isn't it just Jessica Beale? Jessica Beale, yes. Ugh. Edit that out. <laughs> Jessica Beale. Leave that in. <laughs> no, the please, Holy please, shit. No. Boost that audio. When? Uh huh. Jessica Beale got her start there. Who? Jessica McBeal. Uh huh. No, Mick Jessica McBeal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake's wife got her start there. But what I'm trying to say is that it was like this very wholesome preacher's family. Mick yes. Timberland. <laughs> uh-huh. Like they just like were good people and you wanted them to be happy and like be good yeah. to each other or mm-hmm. whatever. But we come to find out now with the whole like Me Too thing that the the father, the preacher of Seventh Heaven, like the actor, was mm-hmm. actually like assaulting and like i think he raped a few people wait was he like an actual priest or what no 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 he wasn't or a preacher no but like in real life he was a piece of shit that like assaulted people so you're saying that's like a piece of irony i'm saying that like our idols have fallen Mm. you know so you think okay so you think that this is kind of falls in line with like the no one is infallible kind yeah. of yeah okay well see i i, I think feel like that, i did a really bad way of explaining it but i was yeah. just like trying to like ra- like we just saw it you know like i'm still trying to think no no no. I, I get you i think that that has something to do with it but i also think that it's um like what jody hill and mcbride do a lot is make fun of certain kind of cultures or kind of like like Mc- Eastbound and Down was making fun of like baseball Base- stars. Vice, Vice principles. principles was making fun of, but it's always these people who are obsessed with power every single time, and that every single one of their shows pretty much has been people obsessed with power. Mm. Maybe it's Danny McBride talked like one who just is constantly obsessed with power because most of his characters are just like him dealing with not having enough. This is the end. All all his characters are kind of like that. So, I think that this is probably one of the most, like, perfect marriages of what they do with the subject matter. The unspoken thing about the megachurch types is that, yeah, they definitely want power and they definitely want your money. And it's also, I think, a critique of kind of middle America. Because the people who, more than anything, really do like these mega megachurch types is middle America. It's like the people who... The Bible Belt. This matters to the most. Yeah. So I think that if I was to continue with like looking at how this is part of that trend is like it's another critique of like the the growing kind of get back to Jesus Christ kind of shit. Get back to, you know, bringing God back to America. This is a critique of that to me. Mm -hmm. This is a parody, a satire of that kind of shit. So in that way, it could be a response to the Trump era, mm-hmm. to the Trump kind of conservative politics of like, let's go back to the way things were. And this, I mean, this is definitely like a remnant of kind of like the best generation type shit, like mm-hmm. where churches were the best. And that was like the pinnacle of, of, you know, or that was like where you got culture and like you interacted with people and things like that. But one of the things that I loved and this is such a small detail, but the going to dinner, going to lunch after church is such a fucking thing. Like everybody, like places are always packed when you go to like church, you you go to, to, to lunch or dinner afterwards. And to see, I don't know, some, something about that just, just kind of nailed it for me. Like seeing them walk in and like they were 
Yeah. They and felt course, like they're the center of the universe, but they're not. Yeah. And of course that they chose they choose to always have their Sunday lunch like at just like a regular yeah. steakhouse yeah, or something. Like you know, a like, sizzler or something. Yeah. Is what I'm thinking of. <laughs> like they would. They would do that. Also so because like the whole conceit is that they're just regular people too. Yeah. You know? And so yeah, they're not gonna go to like a fancy restaurant. They're gonna go to where everybody else goes to have their Sunday lunch. See, I think it's interesting that like in baked into a lot of like these kind of like white culture things like country and like you know these mega church types it's kind of this like we're regular people type Mm -hmm. narrative but it's like what jerry seinfeld does like he can no longer talk about very basic shit because he's no longer a poor person he's a rich person with completely like new problems or like i shouldn't even say that he's just he can't relate anymore yeah these people are the same thing but they still try to like stay humble and kind of go to the small luncheon or whatever keeping up appearances yeah i had another point that i wanted to bring up i mean if we're still talking about like trump though like that's what he does too yeah like he's been rich his whole life but he people still think of him as like a right like oh yeah he just seems like a guy you know you can have a beer with like what no yeah no that's not gonna happen that's never gonna happen yeah like he'd spit on your face like he's spit at you first for even trying to suggest that you know yeah we can talk about like i don't know i loved the <laughs> i feel like I, every time i'm on I, I talk about the world building i'm just i'm a sucker for the world that they built yeah like the car the compound the the airplanes the private jets the, <laughs> fucking sun, the, sun, the father the, the son yeah. the holy spirit such great little details. Yeah, uh, Adam Devine's character with his like like little faux hawk. He's supposed to be Venus. like a stand-in for kind of like, like the, the Christian the hip, rock. The hip Christian rock band. I was thinking like guys. a hip pastor. But more Christian rock. I I, I feel like mm. that's like the Christian rock like aesthetic. Aesthetic. Mm. Maybe. No, like DVs. Spiky hair. Yeah. The rosary, always (laughs) really tight, distressed pants. Yeah. I also okay. One of the other themes that I had was I noticed that there's kind of this loneliness to each of the characters. Mm -hmm. Like for Eli, it's that he lost his wife. For Calvin, Adam, it's that he has no one. (laughs) And for Jesse, he only cares about himself. So in that way, he's kind of lonely. But also, I mean, we see it, it gets talked about a lot in, throughout the episode, and we see him actually try and interact with his sons, Yeah. and we also come to find out that his one of his his oldest son ran away. Had ran away, home. yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's part of it, is that, like, it's posturing for him, like, nothing ever really feels that deep, or, like, I, I think an example of, like, him surrounding himself with kind of people who do what he wants is the way that he's trained his wife to do the same thing or like or I, I shouldn't say trained but like the way his wife has kind of inherited that lifestyle where she just surrounds herself with kind of yes people and the wife doesn't really question anything she just kind of goes along for the ride because I, I think it's implied that she just kind of likes the lifestyle mm-hmm. so in that way she's only there for the money she's only there for it's not it's not like actual necessary oh you know what life. I just remember sorry this this is an aside, like to the point we're trying to bring up about other shows that have kind of 
that dealt with similar subject matter, but good Christian bitches. Mm. Do you remember that one? The Christian Chenoweth show on ABC that also poked fun at like Southern church going folks that are also wealthy. Mm. End of story. Sorry. I just remembered that. Okay. It has nothing to do with it. But that was a little bit more recent. Yeah. Sorry. But yes, the wife. Yeah. But also just like there's there's like a loneliness to the family where like they're not unified. They all yeah. dislike each other. And I mean, and I think I think the hot take for me was like, this is a better version of Succession because fuck that show and this show is way better. Why don't you like su- Succession? <coughs> I just thought it was really boring. I didn't really mm-hmm. like it. It was trying to be like an interesting... I, I, I didn't get hooked into the family's kind of dynamics. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about them struggling with like being rich and like wanting to, you know, take over the empire or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just... The characters didn't feel as compelling to me. This one, the characters are fucking hilarious and great i also think it's interesting how uh the dad eli like he doesn't want to bring in his daughter into the fold yeah where his wife was obviously an integral part of the founding of the church yeah you know so what i mean i feel like there's like something more behind him like purposely ostracizing her yeah i could see that i think that they're setting her up I think the, the the fact that they put her on the periphery is kind of gonna play a big part in the the rest of the series because every time every time they do that with characters like that or like the characters who are kind of on the sidelines is for most of the McBride shows is they're gonna like have this big moment where like I mean I think in the, even in the first episode she has her moment mm-hmm. and like none of the characters feel like they didn't get enough kind of narrative. Pie, you know like all of them had a, their fair share of like their role within it obviously danny mcbride is kind of the main character but everyone else felt like they played an important role and it was like a genuinely interesting kind of story like instead of it just being i, th- I at first i thought it was just gonna be like a not not really like a story kind of show like just kind of looking at the landscape because vice principles is it doesn't have much story. It's more about like situations and like how funny it is and like them wanting to become, you know, the vice principals. But it's like really petty in that way. This one felt like it had a lot more like narrative going on. Like they weaved a, a, a stronger narrative, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's also family focused. So, I mean, like focus on like the, you know, their family. And I think you can tell they were raised to really care for each other. Mm-hmm. Even though they're just shitty people, yeah. Overall, like they're very selfish, but at the end of the day, they come together and help each other out because they're family. Yeah, and I think that's the only good thing going for them. That's kind of their saving grace. Yeah, is that they still have family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think well, yeah. That's kind of the solution that the show offers is that once they unify that's when they kind of solve the issue Mm -hmm. and when they're unified they're a lot stronger what i meant to say with my point was that compared to his other shows this one feels like it has a lot more focus like it has a lot more like we're trying to get to a certain place Mm -hmm. and i think that is part of like the situation of like them being the megachurch types and the way that you can dismantle them with their own behavior and I think that is kind of like that has a lot more teeth 
than vice principals fighting to be principals or a baseball star just wanting, you know, to be more famous or, you know what I mean? Like that, those two shows didn't really go much. I mean, they were great and they're hilarious. It just didn't really go anywhere. This one feels like it has an actual story. There's like actual consequences with each kind of story that goes along. So we've seen that there's kind of like Wisecrack, which is one of our favorites. They talked about kind of the death of comedy and how What's comedy. Wisecrack? Wisecrack is a YouTube channel that just kind of analyzes pop culture. Oh, <coughs> oh yes. They I had this video them. out called the the death of comedy and how a lot of comedies are just not performing in the box office. And I think that, I mean, one of the points to bring up is that comedy is kind of gone to the, to TV and like, that's where a lot of comedy writers are making their nut or that's kind of where comedy lives now. And I think this is a perfect example of that. Where like, this is a movie would probably be good, but as a TV show, it's much better. You get a lot more kind of tools to play around with. And I think that this is humor in like the smallest, like the smallest situations. Yeah. And it's also like the top talent for comedy. Like they casted Judy. She was in Vice Principals and she was kind of one of the best parts of that. And she gets kind of a more central role in this. And then Adam Devine, obviously, he's 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 off of workaholics. Hot right now. Exactly. So I think that this is an example of comedy surviving in the TV space where like this could easily have been but not just surviving in the TV space, like thriving, thriving. Of, of course. Yeah. That's what I meant. This excites me for seeing more comedies like this. Cause HBO, I mean, I, I don't know what the deal is with HBO and Danny McBride and Jody Hill, but they continually give these dudes shows to kind of play around with weird and new concepts. And it's always fun. Cause it's, it's, it's always funny. And it's always like, just i don't know it's it's just like very like quick very like like whip like dialogue it's very like snappy it's but it's very, also i think it's very very cutting very consumable i want to say like Absolutely. you know like like it doesn't ostracize the audience you yeah. know like it, it's like they're not like fast talking like so fast talking that like oh like what are they talking about and i don't understand what they're saying there's kind of a little bit for everything there's like if you wanted to think about it like break it down there's a little bit of of story narrative going on there's also just like dumb slapstick stuff or just like dumb kind of make fun of each other stuff like and it's i think one of the things that i really enjoy about this particular first episode there wasn't a whole lot of like zeitgeisty type shit which I think, like, we, we just watched the other guys the other day. And there's some stuff in there that didn't age well because it was kind of just trying to go for what was popular at the time. Like, what is this, like, Grand Theft Auto? You know, like, that that mm. kind of stuff ages. Yeah, like, I mean, no. this show could have easily taken place in the early 2000s. It could have know? easily come out at the height of, like, Joel Austin. Yeah. And it would have still been great. Because it doesn't really lean on, like, one certain part of what's current right now. It's mm. more focused on Telling the story wants to tell and not kind of like it's very insular. Let's situate it in what's going on right now, which I think a lot of comedy is about being like kind of topical, which could make it age poorly. But I think this first episode is very tight in that it doesn't try to do that. It doesn't try to kind of pander to what's going on right now. I mean, it also like knows 
of like the way religion is heading in now, you know, the way Christianity is heading in now, like the comment about like that the son, like when Danny McBride's character kisses his son on the forehead and the son yeah. calls him the F word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Danny McBride says like, hey, don't say that. I have homosexual friends. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just shows that like they know, like they, they just know what's going on with like that kind of religious person, you know, like Danny McBride's character would say something like that because churches are trying to include more like kind of queer. Yeah. You know, they're trying to like LGBT leaning. Yeah. They're uh, trying to be more inclusive. And so like, I love that like little, like little tidbit. Yeah. But I think, I don't think that this is kind of like, this isn't a version of Christianity trying to stay relevant or trying to stay alive. Cause I do think that there is kind of that, element in christianity especially when they like do outreach to younger folks which is like oh we're kind of hip and like we can relate to you i don't think there's there's any of that which is good i don't know if we're gonna see it yet but i feel like this show kind of raises the question is like what role does christianity play now for kind of the you know the millennial or like the current young audience Mm because the people who are watching this are probably like the younger like the mid you know 30s the what's what's the prime like 18 to 34 or whatever range yeah so i think it kind of plays around with that idea of like is this stuff still relevant and like i think it is because it's still funny and i think it speaks to kind of our our growing ideas that this is ridiculous or like our ideas that we've already had that this is ridiculous and now someone's parroting it or satiring it i'm sure it's been done before I feel like this one is is a lot more streamlined. Mm-hmm. What do you think of uh, Dermot Mulroney's character, <coughs> the small the small town preacher? Pastor, yeah, he's Pastor. fine. I don't really care for him. I mean, I feel like there's that's going to be like the main, like the overarching, yeah. conflict. Yeah, yeah, right. He was. I mean, he was. He wasn't bad. I, I've also in this was like another narrative of like them kind of taking over churches and like how. Ch- churches are so capitalistic and i think i mean they haven't gotten into like the the politics of churches and things like that but you know how how they can like get tax write-offs and things like that and kind of it it kind of seems like they're very come to your space and take your audience kind of almost like the walmart of churches yeah but yeah that's it's gonna be a narrative this it was planted here and it's, it's gonna be throughout the entire season i think but that's all i have for the first episode what would you rate the first episode uh, one to five broken tvs i think i'll probably end up giving this like i definitely want to watch it again i I don't want to give it like a five because i feel like i need to watch all of it mm. you know okay i don't know no no <laughs> is that i don't, I don't get that no that was terrible <laughs> i hated that I think I'd, I I think four is fair. I I do like a four point two, maybe four point five. Yeah, like it was. I don't know. At least for me, it was really good. But if it was like a really strong pilot, and I mean, it had everything, all the elements you need for a pilot. It created the world, as you love to say. It also like created enough plot lines that you'll be able to draw from later, and enough kind of character situations that'll be interesting. And the characters are genuinely well constructed. Where like. I don't. I think this is one of those shows that I thought you weren't gonna like because it doesn't have like the kind of redeeming qualities that you usually look for for TV. Mm-hmm. 
So I was like, hmm, I'm curious because you didn't you didn't watch Eastbound or Vice Principals, right? No, but I I think that's because I didn't have they were all HBO shows. Yeah, right? all I I never had HBO, so I was yeah. rich. Thank you. Did you say fuck you? I said like you. But yeah, I I think that I I don't know. I think this one even might have a little bit more heart. But all of their shows secretly have heart. It's just it takes a lot. It takes a couple episodes for them to kind of come out a little bit. But they definitely have it. It's just I don't think they revel in it as much as other people other shows do. I also feel like <laughs> yeah, all the characters were shitty, but they weren't that shitty. Yeah. You know? I feel like Danny McBride's characters They're pretty fucking shitty though. Oh, let's yeah. let's be honest. But they had moments where they had like they had redeeming qualities, you know. Like you can't hate Adam. De- like, like you said, Adam Devine's character is lonely. If you he look just at wants them, in, a friend. If you look at them in a vacuum, sure. But at the same time, they're no, complicit. yeah. Like ter- but they have some redeeming qualities, and yeah. I think that's that's all I need. You know, yeah. like I just need like yeah. a little a little hope that's that fair. they're not completely terrible people. Yeah, that's fair. And I think the first episode gives you that for yeah. sure. There is so, there is catharsis. I think that I, think. I, I think that's why I I like the show so much because yeah. like. Okay, I, I can. It gives me like a good excuse to like them. Okay, that's fair. But it is like you said that like they are shitty people. Though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's probably why I gave it a four. You know. Yeah. Okay. For predictions, we don't have to. It got renewed already, so. Oh, cool. That's good. Um, Something to look forward to. All right. Well, that that wraps it up. Anything else? Wait, how many predictions? How many? Se- I think I'm speaking too close. Season to two already got renewed. Yeah, but how many seasons do you think it's gonna go on for? His show is usually only go on for like three, four seasons. How long was Vice Principles? It got canceled at the second. Hmm. Eastbound went to like four, but I think it was a different time. It was a while ago now. Yeah, Eastbound like 2008. I feel like Eastbound was one of those shows where I saw it and it was picking up buzz when the first season was around. I'm like, oh, I want to see that. Yeah. But then I never got around to watching it and then it became two seasons and then three seasons and i'm like eh. yeah their shows don't ever really go that far because i don't know if people watch them mm. like i mean not enough for like the nielsen ratings or whatever i mean I, I don't know how much streaming has changed that for like how much that factors in for hbo yeah. do nielsen ratings even count for hbo they do because you can still watch it with a package or you can tivo mm-hmm. it or whatever but I mean, I hope it does well. It's 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 the first season, and sometimes it's kind of the hardest for them to get through the first season. Yeah. But they got they got renewed, so that that's good. So that's about it for the first, the return of Pilot Boys. I don't know. You should do something special. Like what? I don't know. Sing a song. Memories all alive. <laughs>